Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. All right, so here's what I want to do this morning. How many know that our perceptions end up becoming our realities? Don't they? Yeah, why don't you go to the next slide or the God of the Underdog slide. People are like, no, I can't look anymore. All right, perfect. Thanks, man. How, how, how many does that happen to us where our perceptions become our realities? Let me give you a clue. That's 100% of us. Because what happens is we end up believing things that aren't necessarily true. We end up walking in things that we weren't meant to walk in. We end up believing things that are spoken over us as a kid. You know, even a mom or dad might speak something to you as a kid. And what will happen is you receive it and you start living it out. You start walking it out. And they might have meant the best thing in the world for you, but the way we receive it is different, and we end up perceiving it completely differently. I want to tell you about this people group, and it's this people group called the Midianites. If you're comfortable, just shout it with me. Say Midianites. It's just, isn't it fun to say Midianites? No? All right. I like shouting out Midianites. Midianites? They were a ruthless people group, okay? They were like Ah, they were like the Egyptians back in the day. They hated the Israelites. They hated people. They had the Israelites back in the slavery. They were living in mountains and caves. They had these like makeshift tents just to avoid being with these guys, okay? They were hiding from them. And the Midianites started to oppress them. They were back into slavery, which they had no one before from being in Egypt, as we talked about a couple weeks ago. This was an awful, awful situation. And they're, you know, they lost their dignity. They lost their livelihood. And worst of all, here's where it got to, their perception became they were so used to living under this oppression of the Midianites that they lost their hope. They lost their hope. They're like, I, God, I just don't know that you can do this. I, you know, I don't know where God's at anymore. Here we are back under the same slavery junk that we were you know, in before back in Egypt, and they found themselves here again. Let me ask you, I'm not looking for a response between you and God now, but I'm praying that God would speak to your heart so clearly this morning that this Memorial Day would change you from the inside out, all right? Let me say this. Here's the deal. I believe that some of us here have lost hope. And maybe you're going, I haven't lost hope. I'm just good where I'm at. Good where you're at without wanting to be better or improve your relationship with Christ is losing hope. It's the same thing. God wants us to continue to move forward in that relationship and allow him to speak to us and to change us and to transform us. And so let's, let's open up here in the book of Judges, everybody's favorite book, right? That's what you do for devotions every morning. Judges are like numbers or lamentations. Yes! All right, Judges chapter 6, verse 6. All right, I got my media guy ready to go. Here we go. I got a lot for you this morning. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. You ever been in that place where you're like, God, I don't know how to do this anymore. And you're like, Lord, help! Okay? Some of you are like, no, it's, it's been like five minutes since I've been there. All right? Okay, like think about it. When Jesus is entering Jerusalem, they're all laying down the palm branches. You remember what the word was that started with an H that they were shouting? What was Hosanna. What does Hosanna mean? It means God save us. They were shouting out to God, Hosanna, save us from this oppression. That's what's happening here. The Israelites are crying out. They're going, save us from this oppression. We can't handle it. How many times have we cried out to God? We're going, God, save us. God, help us. And, and then we wait on him, and God always shows up the way that we're thinking, right? You're like, Pastor Chris, where's God in my life? 
I'm like, he's there, I'm sure, I'm sure he's there. But he doesn't ever show up the way that we think or the way that we want or the way that we expect him to, does it? It, it just doesn't happen that way. And that's where this faith gets involved. I have seven just little nuggets of truth, I believe, that I want to give you this morning, okay? And so here we go. Here's the first one. Number one is whenever people are in trouble, God's answer is often to find a leader to step in and change their plight, okay? Very often, if you read through history, if you read through the Bible, you see, God desired to send the judge Gideon to rescue his people from the Midianites, all right? So whenever people are in trouble, God's answer is often to find a leader and to step in and change their plight. Now, let me ask you, let's bring it real. Today, our century, our world, our realities, are there people around you in your workplace, in your family, whatever your circle of influence is, that don't seem to have hope in Christ? You're the leader God sent. No, 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 that's for like the pastor people. No, it ain't, bro. No, it ain't, sis. Okay? You, you might be a brother from another mother. You might be a sister from another mister. I don't care. Okay? God has put you there for a reason. And so God had Gideon all planned out. God was speaking into Gideon. But Gideon had some perceptions. He didn't have God's reality. And I think a lot of times in our world, we live under these oppressions and these perceptions rather than the reality of who God says that we really are. Let me show you. Judges chapter 6, verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you. What did he call him? My, say it with me. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Did God think the world of Gideon or what? God thought the world of Gideon. You are a mighty warrior. Now, if God were to say that to us, I'm sure that we would do the opposite of what Gideon did here, and we'll read about it in a minute. We'd just be like, yes, I am, God, thank you. Right? we just walk confidently up. God called us out. If I, if I came to you and I said, man, you're a mighty warrior. God can do anything through you. You'd be like, yeah, absolutely. You'd get so Norwegian Swedish on my butt, it would be funny. You'd be like, no, I, I can't. I, I don't know. I can figure this. Come on, you know you're with me, all right? We all do that. Why do we do that? It's because we're living under this perception. But did you catch it? What did God say to him? You are a mighty warrior. That's truth. Listen how long it takes him to figure out this truth, okay? Second nugget I want to give you is this. Don't start running from what is hard because where it's hard is where your destiny lies, okay? That's really where your destiny lies. You see, God, Gideon didn't see himself as a mighty warrior. Let me, let me say this. People, us here as Christians, we're all leaders in some way, shape, or form. No matter where it's at, whether it's at the workplace, whether it's at church, whether it's within our family. We all lead in some capacity. Maybe it's something you do in school. Maybe it's in your neighborhood, okay? I like to see people live their potential. And I get in trouble for this a lot. You know, I've, I've said to some of you, and I, I say, hey man, you're a leader. And what, what has been said back to me, some of you are guilty of this, come on. And, and you say to me, you're like, I know you see that in me, but I don't really feel like a leader. You know, or I, I say, man, I think God's gonna do great things for you. You're like, yeah, but... Not quite like that, and we end up pushing off. Maybe you're going, well, you've never said that to me, Pastor Chris. Well, we're all leaders in some way, shape, or form. Let, let's hit home for a moment. Let, let's, let's talk about our perceptions when it comes to our culture. When somebody comes up to you and gives you a compliment, what do you do? Some of you just going to hit home really hard. Does it come up to you and like, man, you know, 
thank you so much for, you know, X, Y, Z. And what do we immediately do in our culture? Well, oh, well, I wasn't that big of a deal. Oh, well, I, you know, I don't know. I could have done it better. And we start not walking confidently. And we, we think what we're doing is we think we're acting in humility. But you know what we're actually acting in? Pride. Because we're not living under the truth. We're living under this perception of, well, if I don't, if I don't accept the fact that they're thanking me, then I'm walking in my own humility. No, it's pride. It's arrogance. When rather what I do, like somebody comes up to me and you know, says, hey, Pastor Chris, thanks for sharing that, that hit home today. This is all I do. Give God the glory, yes. But then just say, thank you. Let's try it together. See, it's so easy, isn't it? I love it. All right, here we go. Um, you might not see yourself like Gideon as a mighty warrior. But can I tell you that if you are a Christian within today's society, you're a warrior, okay? You're a warrior within culture. You're a warrior. You're a warrior within the ways that are happening within our world. You're a warrior. You're on the front line spiritually as a Christian. There's spiritual warfare happening that we don't see all the time. Well, listen to what Gideon says. So God just called him a mighty warrior. And listen to what he says, verse 13. Pardon me, my Lord. You remember that commercial, pardon me, may I have some great coupon? You remember, you remember that commercial? This kind of reminds me of that. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? We've never asked that question. Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. We ever asked that, that question. If things are supposed to be so good, why is life so hard? Or do you ever get, I'll be honest, I get frustrated with this, where you're like, you're living God's will, and you're reading the word, you're doing everything that's right, and you see some guy or some gal that's not, and God's just blessing their socks off. Does that bug you sometimes? If it doesn't, you ain't human, okay? Like, that, bu- that bugs me. But I have to realize God's got a bigger plan in place that I have to live under, okay? You see, Gideon and the entire nation, what happened is they felt like slaves all over again. See, they, they had got underneath this oppression for a second time. They felt defeated. They felt discouraged. They felt hopeless. But God was about to inspire this defeated underdog Gideon. He was about to completely change the history of a nation because of this mighty warrior. Maybe you felt the same way. Maybe your heart has like this burden for some huge need or some issue or some wrong needing to be right, but you've hesitated to step up and do something about it because you don't feel like the mighty warrior and you think... You think God's going to find that mighty warrior to get the job done, and he's just waiting on you. See, half the time we're waiting on God, he's just waiting on us. He's going, I'm just waiting for you. You see, Gideon didn't feel like the man, but God felt differently about him. The same is true with every single one of you this morning. I'm trying to look at every single one's eyes this morning. I can't catch all of you, but God is thinking that about you, okay? About you. Number three, from this day forward, You're no longer allowed to let your circumstances keep you from doing something great for God. I'll slap you upside the head. Okay? Don't let your circumstances keep you from doing something great for God. How many here, just by applause, have have a kid? (laughs) Easiest thing in the world you've ever done, right? Raising that kid. How many of you, now same people that just applauded, how many, um, you were so financially set to have that child, I hear so often, no one clapped by the way, I hear so often when Heather and I do premarital counseling or we do counseling with, with couples that are 
maybe going through some struggles, and, and they'll share with us, they'll say, yeah, Pastor Chris, we, we want to have a baby, but we're just not ready yet. We're just not ready yet. We want to make sure that we're financially set. And I laugh at them because I say, you are never going to be financially set to have a kid. It doesn't work that way. For those of you that have kids, you know. I have four growing boys and a teenage daughter, okay? We, you, you remember those Totino's party pizzas? My wife, come on, those like discus things that were like cardboard and fake cheese, all right? One of those would feed all my kids back in the day when they were like six months, all right? Today, we, we just have to stop ordering or they will just continue to eat it and eat it and eat it. It's crazy, it's crazy. But don't let those circumstances keep you from doing something great from God. Whether it's having a kid, whether it's taking a risk, it's okay. Number four, we do not live by our feelings, we live by faith, okay? See, feelings, they lie, faith leads. Feelings lie, faith leads. And so, let, let me give you proof. We're talking about pizza, right? Last week, I listened to Pastor Tim's message, and he talked about how him and I met through fishing and pizza, and amen. Now we go to Acapulco, because I get a fajita, and I split it in half, and I don't eat the tortillas. It's really good, but we started off eating pizza, and my favorite pizza place is Red Savoy down in St. Paul. If you don't know that, you haven't been here long, um, welcome to the family. I love Savoy pizza, man. It's so good, and on occasion, we grab it. Proof that feelings lie. When Heather and I got married, right before we got married, one of the things I needed to make sure before I, you know, asked her to marry me is I had to take her down to Savoy Pizza and to make sure that she liked it. She ate it, said it was really spicy, ketchup is spicy for her, and after she was done eating it, she said, mark her words, quote unquote, you know I'd rather have Totino's. I still married her in spite of her flaws. But I have to tell you, this last year, we went back to Savoy, and she's like, you've ruined me. This is really good pizza. Is there not a God or what? All right, come on, okay? See, feelings lie, that's right. Feelings lie, okay? Even our taste buds do from time to time. God will lead you. Don't, if you're like, well, I just don't feel it. I don't always feel it. You know, sometimes it's not a feeling, it's a choice. Faith is a choice. It's not a feeling. Number five, or excuse me, Judges chapter six, verse 14. The Lord turned to Gideon. So after Gideon saying all this, he said, go in the strength you have. Did you catch that? Not in like, well, I'm going to give you all the strength. No, you got some strength. It's going to be good. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Is God not sending you? Are you following God's path? It says in Proverbs that he lays it out. If we trust in him, he makes those paths straight. That's what he does. And so then God says to Gideon, number five, this is what he says. He says, you plus me equals a majority. That's God. You plus me equals a majority. And so there's nothing that God cannot do through you. And again, two weeks ago I said, God's not going to do something through you until he's done doing something in you. And God right now is doing something in Gideon so that God can do something through him. That's what God wanted to do. Judges chapter 6, verse 15. So God says all this, am I not sending you? He's already told me he's a mighty warrior. And listen to what Gideon does. Pardon me, my Lord. Again, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? How can I do it? 
My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. Has God ever spoken to you? And we've given him excuses, the underdog excuse. Oh, I'm not there yet. I, I believe this. I don't believe I'm a mighty warrior. I don't believe I can do it. I, I don't believe in all this. Does, doesn't this sound a little bit like three weeks ago when we talked about Moses, you remember? Moses was a murderer. Moses was a slanderer. He was, you know, Moses went and he fled out to the, out to the desert for 40 years before God spoke to him at the burning bush. He was 80 years old when God told him to go and lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Okay? Sounds a little bit similar to that story. You know, Moses, I, I stutter. You can't use me. Get in here. These great men and women of God that we've learned about in the Bible, they all have these excuses. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. We've got to get that perception out of our mind and out of who we are. We are good enough. You are good enough. I'm going to have to say that a million times for some of us to believe that. You know, my dad, my dad and I, we have an interesting relationship. One of the things, though, that I highly respect about my dad is when I was growing up, I was in the third grade, and I was waiting outside of McKinley Elementary in Anoka Hennepin School District, and the buses were coming. For some reason, my dad came late, and I don't remember, I think we were going on a field trip or something, and he was giving me a hug on the way out. And there were a bunch of kids in front of me, and they all had their lunch bags and their, you know, everything ready to go. And here I am at the end of the line, and my dad comes behind me, and he turns me around, he grabs me by the shoulder, and he, and he looks me in the eye and he just says to me, because I'm the last one in line, I'm following everybody. And he said, you're not a follower. Don't be a follower, be a leader. And my spirit just like soaked that in. I wasn't a Christian yet. But as a kid, man, you're like, my dad thinks I'm a leader? Like, really? Really? Because at that point, the whole reason I was behind is I didn't want to screw up being the first one on the bus. I didn't want to trip on the big steps. I didn't know how to do it. I was a little scared. This was a new bus that I'd never been on, and I didn't know where we were going necessarily, and I was scared to believe. It's like, no, you're a leader. You're a leader. Now, I believe good leaders learn to be good followers first, but I believe that those things that are spoken into us are powerful. The unfortunate part is there's other words that go with that from our upbringing and those around us that aren't always affirmative words. See, God wanted to rescue Israel and reassure Gideon that he had his back. Here's Gideon's complaining. I can't do it. I come from the poorest of tribes. Our tribe like barely even made it into Israel. We, you know, we shouldn't even be there. And he's complaining. And God says, I'm going to reassure you that I got your back. Now, catch this. I want you so to catch this this morning. It's a story from thousands and thousands of years ago that's so prevalent and relevant today. Judges chapter 6, verse 16. The Lord answered, I'll be with you. You will strike down all the Midianites. Did you catch this? How often do we do this? The Lord answered, I will be with you. And then what do we do? Well, it's, it's just God. It's just God. And we give God all the glory, which he should get. But who does God say will strike down the Midianites? Does he say God will do it? Or does he say Gideon will do it? He says Gideon. He says you will do this. Now it's through his strength, mind you. But God is calling him to life still. God is calling all of us to life. And so after Gideon receives this confirmation from God, he did something just totally drastic, I'm just going to paraphrase here because it's a whole bunch of verses that talks about here in Judges. But he goes into town and he has a heyday. He goes into town. He starts to destroying all of these temples to the Asherah God, these false gods, the Baal God. He, he gets rid of them all. And all the townspeople are like just ticked at him. They're like, we got to kill Gideon. He's messing with our culture. He's mess, messing with stuff. Well, he got everybody's attention really quick because he's like, man, it's, it's, we're opening up a can of whoop cushy on this city. All right, that's, 
That's where he was at. You can say, what does she from the, from the stage? Gideon knew they needed a shove in the right direction. And these town leaders, they wanted to kill him. Thankfully, his heavenly daddy went to bat for him. Okay? He held off the crowd long enough for Gideon to get them ready to attack their oppressors. And so we got a big war that's about to take place, a big battle. Gideon asked God for a sign. Okay? He's like, he's still, just like Moses, asking for a sign. Gideon asked for a sign. We're not going to get into this right now. You can read about Gideon's fleece. Google it sometime. God gives him the sign over and over. And then what God does, he's walking confidently. God's speaking to him. He knows what he's going to do. What does God do? God stacks the deck against him. But let's just be real. Have you ever felt that way? You're walking in God's blessing. You're walking with what God has called you to do. You're, you feel like you're following after the ways of the Lord. You're doing everything just right. Yes, God maybe is blessing somebody else, but then you feel like, almost like God's cursing you. You ever felt that? Where you're like, man, everything around me is just happening. It's bad. It's awful. And, and you're like, what's going on, God? What is happening? Yet God had this whole story in control. Judges chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. Early in the morning, Gideon and all his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. They, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. What? I'm sorry, Lord, we're getting ready for battle. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, what? This is, mili- hey, it's Memorial Day weekend. Military guys and gals. Is this the right kind of strategy? I think not. I cannot, God says, I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. I'd be like, God, I won't. I promise. I give you my word. It ain't going to happen, bro. Send the men and the women. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. Army of Midian at this time is 135,000 people. So you just went from a huge army of over 30,000 to 10,000 troops. I'd be like, white flag, surrender. I'm good. I'm done. Just about the time Gideon had that confidence, God seemed to make matters even more worse. Let's read on, verses 4 through 7. The Lord said to Gideon, there's still too many men. You ever, want, you ever been mad at God? It's okay to be mad at him. I would be mad at him right now if I was Gideon. Take them down to the water, because this is cool, and I will thin them out there for you. I don't want you to thin them out. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap up the water with their tongues as a dog laps up water, those kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let everybody else go home. Lord, I have a question. Am I really hearing from you, God? Is that really what you want me to do? You ever ask for affirmation, affirmation, affirmation? He gives it and gives it, and everything in your circumstance goes, it's not lining up. And then God just quietly says, I'm not interested in your circumstance. I'm interested in your character. Ah, yes, Lord. Think about it. 135,000 versus 300. For those of you that like Vegas and gambling, that's a 450 to 1 odd. Those odds are not good. So let's ask the question this way. Yes, we've got those 300 great men that are ready to go, but 31,700 soldiers leave. Why? 
Why did those first 20,000 go? They were afraid. You know, it didn't seem possible. They thought, and I just have a guess, this is an assumption that I'm, I believe happened, but I believe those 20,000 soldiers that left were so used to living under oppression and so used to living under that perception that they didn't know how to live any way else. They didn't know that it was going to take a fight to get rid of that mindset and change. And they gave up. They went home. And then through God, he changed the whole rest of the story. Got down to 300 men. The 300 that hadn't given up hope. But at this time, imagine you're one of the 300. That's you know, a, little over, a little less than three times the amount of people that are here right now. We're getting ready to go face a town a third the side of Minneapolis. Are you like, yes, Pastor Chris, I've got your back. And you'd be like, you crazy. Not going. Fear didn't seem possible. They were hopeless. Thought they were slaves forever. They thought they were going to be stuck and poor forever. Poor is not a financial situation. It's a mindset. If you have that feeling of hopelessness, you have that attitude as your pastor, it's not okay with you. You're going to have that. Number six, you can overcome whatever you're living under. You can overcome whatever you're living under, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. You see, Gideon ends up hearing a dream that some Midianite soldiers were having, and it motivates him to stay the course. It motivates him. I think we all need those affirmations. We need God's motivation to continue to lead us. And so this fight happens. This fight's getting ready. Now you would think you're getting ready to face 135,000 people. God's going to be like, here's the ammo. Here's the swords. Here's the bow. I don't know what ammo was back then. You know, some big rocks. I don't know, but something to like nail them. You know, some slingshots, some nice leather bound ones made at the nice shop down the road. I don't know. Okay. I'm not a historian. But there's probably, you're like, I'm ready, God. Give it to me. We got our 300 men. What are you going to do? Judges chapter 7, verse 16. Here's what he does. Dividing the 300 men into three companies. So now it's three sets of 100 men. He placed trumpets, trumpets, in empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Okay, God. Okay, Gideon. You want us to go up to battle, and you're giving us a musical instrument, a pickle jar, and a flashlight. <laughs> I think my wires are disconnected right now, God. You're really? Really? Number seven. Either trust in God or trust in nothing. Gideon trusts in God. Those 300 men with him, those soldiers, they trusted in God. Judges chapter 7, verse 22. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men, the Midianite men, throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. Not once did they shed blood, the Israelite camp. 300 of them surrounded the Midianite camp with 135,000. They started banging the hammer with the pickle jar, and they saw the lights, and they heard the trumpets. They thought it was a huge army. They attacked themselves in confusion. They ended up killing them all themselves. To God be the glory for that. God is calling you to be a leader and a mighty warrior just like Gideon is within your situation, wherever it's at, wherever it's at. You need to be strong enough to start seeing the change you want to see. Be that leader. 
be that Gideon. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.